Amen. All right. Good morning. Today, today is we are celebrating 20 years of Crossbridge. And let me say, yep. I have had the honor and the privilege of being here eight years, so not, not half of the time, but uh, a good while. And I'll tell you, without us knowing the light, we're not here. And there's no reason to be here. So today is, today's like, where's Alan? Today's like one of those payoff days, right? So uh, that you, you uh, strive in ministry and you try to reach people and you try to reach the lost. And today uh, is kind of a payoff day. You see people that maybe have moved to different towns or are part of other uh, bodies, brothers and sisters you haven't seen for a while. So today's a day of celebration. So I'm glad you're here this morning. Uh, let's open with a word of prayer, and then we're going to have our welcoming time, so make everybody feel welcome. Lord Jesus, I thank you, God, uh, just for the opportunity, Lord, to be here uh, today to worship you with our brothers and sisters. Some of them we haven't seen in a while. Uh, Lord, I'm thankful for Curtis and his wife coming down and going to bring the message this morning, the first pastor that's ever pastored here at Cross Bridge, and so I'm excited about that. Uh, Lord, I'm excited about this afternoon, the celebration we get to have, and uh, Lord, without you, we're not here. There's no reason to be here. Uh, without, without you dying for us and, and raising again, proving your perfect sacrifice, we just aren't here. And so, Lord, today we give you all the praise and glory in everything that we do. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Take a few minutes and welcome everyone.
All right, then. I'm going to have to ask y'all to get in here and let's praise the Lord. And uh, I need I need all the people that are ready to fly away to use their wings and fly. Paul knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. We're going to fly away this morning. So glad You may be seated this morning. So I got several announcements. So today, obviously, we're celebrating Crossbridge's 20th year. This afternoon, uh, we're kind of we're kind of topping today off with this afternoon around 2:30, 3 o'clock at Stephen Dana's. Address will be up there momentarily. I think we have a flyer for it. Uh, it's Fall Fest. So that is this afternoon, 2.30, 3 o'clock, somewhere in there, 2401 Turnbow. Bring lawn chairs, because we'll have a big bonfire. What, soup, chili, if you're in the competition, so they're having a chili and soup competition, which I think me and Alan and Max and Denny or maybe the elders have raggled our way into being judges, right? I don't know, somehow. <laughs> 
Yeah, but all sorts of stuff. Uh, having a cornhole tournament, and they need boards for that. So bring boards for that. Anything else? Hay ride tonight, bonfire. And, and because it's rained, Steve and Dana came from California, and they thought a bonfire was like a little fire pit. I'm like, in Missouri, we cut down trees for bonfires. And so, so he texted me this morning, or Dana did, and said, hey, it's rained enough. We can have a big bonfire. So be ready for the big bonfire tonight, right? Okay. Uh, so, yeah, bring, bring all that. Anything else that I forgot on today? Oh, that's right, apple peeling competition. Tom, where's Tommy? Tommy's doing that today. Anything else? Just food, fellowship. Yeah. It's a, so, hey, if you're new to the church, please come this afternoon. You can meet people. You can visit and get to know people. It's a great opportunity uh, to do that. So because of that tonight, there's no men's and women's Bible study tonight. So no men's or women's Bible study tonight. They will have women's Bible study tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. At the women's house. So they're going to do it at the women's house tomorrow night uh, at 6 o'clock. What else we got? Uh, Wednesday night. So if you're new uh, here today or you're visiting, want to know our schedule for the week, we have uh, cooking teams that cook big meals every Wednesday night. So we have dinner at 6 o'clock every Wednesday night with one another. And then at 6.45, uh, we have uh, youth classes, kids classes, and our adult Bible study upstairs. So there's usually a whole bunch of people here on Wednesday night. We love that. So come on Wednesday night if you've never came on Wednesday night. It's a, a really good time. We have a blast. Uh, a couple more things. Grief share. We have grief share on Thursday night. So if you uh, are, have someone that is close to you or that's passed away or you know somebody that's dealing with loss, grief share is Thursday nights from 6 to 8 uh, here at the church. Also our shoebox ministry. So this is, we're about, about done with this. The list, uh, they're going to be packing these boxes here in a few weeks. What they need on the shoebox list for Operation Christmas Child is hygiene items. So bar soap, washcloths, toothbrushes, deodorant, uh, and toy items for both younger and older children. It's due by November 8th, so if you want to drop that off downstairs uh, in the kids' classroom. The other thing we have from the children's department is Wednesday, October 25th. That's kind of a special night. We have our Happy Hallelujah Night. So what we do is we have stations. People volunteer to uh, have stations. And in these stations, what the teams do is they come up with their own decorations and a game or an activity for their table. So you sponsor your own table. Um, the, those teams bring in their own candy. And what the kids do is they move from station to station. Uh, and they collect candy and play games and prizes. That's on Wednesday, October 25th. So I think we have seven teams signed up right now. We need, I don't know, four or five more. So we'll pass this around. I'm not starting with you guys. We'll start over here. Uh, we'll pass that around, and um, they can sign up. Uh, you can sign up to be a team. Also, if you don't want to sign up to be a team, bring candy in, because we need a whole bunch of candy for that night. Usually we have 60 or 70 kids here that night uh, that we'll need candy for. What else we got? Saturday, October 21st, that's next Saturday, is men's prayer breakfast. So men's prayer breakfast next Saturday morning at 8 a.m. at Grillo's. And then November 5th, is our Thanksgiving dinner. So we're going to have our Thanksgiving dinner November 5th uh, at 5, 5 p.m. Is that correct time? I'm assuming so. Somewhere around in there. Let's figure 5 p.m., get here at 4.30. We may update that. 
Um, next Sunday, so we have, we're going to have a church work day. Uh, how many people, Mike, you need, you think? Five to ten people. Next Sunday at one o'clock uh, after the service, we're going to Crystal and Nikki's, and, and Nikki is going through treatment for cancer right now. Uh, he's doing good. He's, I think he's out front there this morning on security duty, out front even serving on security this morning. Uh, but he has some stuff around the house they need to get done that he can't do because of that. So if you would like to help with that, it's next Sunday afternoon at one o'clock. Um, what else we got? I think that's it. Any, any, did I forget anything? Women's stuff this week? Friday morning at Prickly Cactus at 8.30 a.m. Uh, for women's breakfast and coffee. So hopefully you wrote all that down because we have a lot of stuff going on. The also, also what you can do, if you go to our church website at crossbridgechurch.net, they, they're keeping those announcements up to date on there. So if you forgot something, you want to see what's going on. And if you've never looked, I want to plug the media team real quick. If you've never went to our church website, go. It is amazing what our media team does with our church website. It is like, it's top notch. It is an amazing website. So a uh, good job on that. Anything else this morning, today? All right, we will have a video. We're going to play that right before Curtis comes and brings us the message, a video of the history of Crossbridge. So let's stand this morning. We'll take up our morning offering and have our time of worship today. So bow with me as we pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you again, Lord, for the opportunity, Lord, to be here today. And as we enter our time of worship today, Lord, we give back to you. And that is an act of worship, Lord. So I pray, Lord, that you take this offering and it furthers your kingdom, God, uh, nationally, locally, uh, and, Lord, around the world, funding missionaries, uh, Lord. And um, I pray, Lord, this morning as we do give, that we give joy cheerfully and joyfully, Lord, out of the abundance that you've provided for us. I know, Lord, the economy here is not good right now, and a lot of people are struggling, but we, Lord, are so much more blessed than many people around the world. And so, Lord, let us give cheerfully and joyfully. And in everything we do, God, we want to give you our best. It's in your name I pray. Amen.
this one. You may be seated this morning. Um, up here on this front table, after services this morning, there are some really neat history items from Crossbridge. Um, I see a letter where the church was originally going to be called the Bridge, and that was from August of 20, uh, what, 2003, 2003. 
And uh, I guess there was another church that was going to be called, the, was already the bridge, so that's how they changed it to Cross Bridge. So there's some really neat uh, stuff up here, some letters. Uh, Alan actually wrote the church a letter, so if you want to come up here later on and read that. But we have a video this morning, about a seven-minute video of the history of the church and some photos and mission trips and whatnot. So let's go ahead and play that.
Amen. That, that is just a small, very, very small dose of what this body of believers has done. One thing that didn't show that I want to add, uh, that one of the responsibilities of the local church is to raise up more leaders and more church leaders. And we have numerous guys now that are pastoring other churches, one in Texas, uh, one near Kansas City. Numerous people that are pastoring other churches, doing um, 
freeway ministries, uh, running freeway, you know, uh, in Florida. Just numerous people that are serving in ministry that are making an impact because of the discipleship of fulfilling Matthew, that passage in Matthew, the discipleship that's happened in sending out new leaders. So just an amazing thing. So I want to turn it over this morning. It's a great honor and a privilege. The first, I never had a chance to meet uh, Curtis, but I know he started in youth ministry, and I love that because I started in youth ministry. Um, And Curtis was the first pastor of this church, and he lives up near Kansas City, and we, we wanted to bring him down this morning to kind of celebrate this morning. So Curtis and his wife are here this morning. If you would come this morning, give him a big uh, round of applause. Good morning, Crossbridge Church. It's been a long time since I've had the privilege and the honor to say that on a Sunday morning. Good morning, Crossbridge Church. It's been a long time. So I'm having some major flashbacks right now. They're, they're good ones. They're good flashbacks. But it truly is an amazing blessing to stand here with you in God's house, in God's presence, with God's people. I'm thankful to Pastor Jeff and you all for this opportunity. Would you pray with me, please? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we bow before you in our hearts and in our spirits, recognizing you first and foremost as our creator, as our sustainer, as the one who sustains our lives with your breath, as our Redeemer, as our Savior, as the lover of our souls, as our Lord and as our King, and as our true hope. We pray, Lord, that you would be magnified and glorified during this time, that you'd be honored, and that every heart here, every life represented here, would be touched by your compassionate hand and your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, Crossbridge Church, you are one in a million. And if we haven't met yet, my name is Curtis Richardson, and I had the great honor, along with Alan and Carol Greenfield, my wife Denise, and about a dozen other people like Jim and Deborah Corbett, to embark on a huge journey of faith known as Crossbridge Church about 20 years ago. Now, when Alan called me and, and uh, told me that you would be celebrating this today, these uh, 20 years, it uh, blew my mind to realize that it's already been 20 years since Crossbridge began. And watching those slides, it's amazing to see what God has done throughout those years. And his invitation caused me to begin to deeply reflect on the part of the journey that we participated in at the very beginning. Before Crossbridge began at that time, I was serving on staff at a local church where Alan also worked and was a member. Alan Greenfield, as you know, like most of you, has a huge heart for people who don't know Jesus. 
he would come into my office and he'd begin to talk about starting something new, a new work, a new church that would focus on reaching people who were unsaved, unchurched, and disenfranchised. And around that time, for another reason, we had conducted a statistical survey of Webster County. And it showed that more than 30%, around 35% of the county was unchurched. So Alan would share the vision that God gave him about planting a church, and he would come into my office, and we would talk about it, and we would pray about it. And as the vision began to grow and started taking shape, Alan came into my office one day, and he said, Curtis, I strongly believe God is calling you to lead this church plant and to be the pastor. That greatly humbled me. And it was at that moment that my way of praying for this new work changed completely. And God eventually connected us with God's vision and the purpose that he had. And we stepped out in faith and began one of the greatest adventures of a lifetime. And here you are. Crossbridge Church, one in a million. As you are aware of now, being a church is wonderful, but it always comes with great challenges, with opposition, with trying to focus and refocus on what God's will is and what his plan is and how to carry that out. As Crossbridge Church was planted and given life by God's Holy Spirit, God was faithful to guide to lead, to provide, to empower, and to enlist others as they came to faith in Jesus and as they came on board as followers of Jesus Christ. And in the life of a church, there are crucial moments, crunch times, and Pastor Jeff has shared that you all are looking now to build and enter into a whole new phase as a church. But there are those crunch times when Another huge step of faith needs to be taken in order to stay on pace with what God is doing. And one of those moments was when God led us to this building that we are in today. That was a huge decision because God was, as he faithfully does, redirecting a plan that we had in order to ultimately show us his plan. It was at that time in April of 2005, that sounds like a long time ago, over 18 years ago that we focused on not a building, but on who is building Crossbridge. And so I would like to briefly share some parts of a sermon that was preached at that time. It was very relevant then, and I believe that it is extremely relevant today. I even found the original PowerPoint, so we're going to kind of go through that. Here it is. Who's building Crossbridge? The passages were from Matthew chapter 16 and 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's go ahead and we'll just roll through this quickly and then we'll get on with the message. This is the passage from Matthew that we're going to take a look at here in a moment. Go ahead and and go to the next slide. And then the next one will be 1 Peter. But this is the foundation. On this rock, I will build my church. This is the family. As God has brought it together and established his body here. And then we refer to the future. 
in that message of who is building Crossbridge, to answer that question, we looked at God's holy word. We looked at scripture passages to understand what the foundation of the church is, who the family of God is, and what the future of the church is. And we can go ahead and take the PowerPoint off if you want to, David. That'd be great. First, I want us to look at Matthew chapter 16, verses 15 through 19, to see what the foundation of the church is. Matthew 16, 15 says, He, Jesus, said to them, But who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In this passage, Jesus clearly establishes and teaches us first about the foundation of his church. And we, know, we all know how crucial a solid foundation is, whether it's for a house, whether it's for a building, whether it's for your life, whether it's for your marriage, whether it's for your family, whether it's for a church, we all know how crucial a solid foundation is. Jesus taught a parable based on that. He said, those who hear my words and put them into practice are like a wise man who built his house upon the rock. But those who hear my words and don't put them into practice are like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. So a foundation is crucial. In a couple verses preceding this passage, Jesus starts by asking his disciples a couple of questions. First, Jesus asked, who do people say I, the Son of Man, am? And the disciples responded by sharing all kinds of opinions that people had about Jesus. Well, they say you're John the Baptist, come back from the dead, or Elijah, or Jeremiah, or one of the great prophets. And we see that people had a good and honorable opinion of who Jesus was. They had the right impression that Jesus was a spokesman, a prophet from God, but they had it all wrong. They had the right impression. They had come up with the highest human opinion that they could of Jesus, but they had it all wrong. When they said, oh, he's one of the great prophets, the reason they were wrong is because that was their opinion and not the revelation of God. People today have all kinds of opinions about who Jesus is, but until you receive the revelation from the Father as to who Jesus really is, you can't really know him. So Jesus makes the second question a bit personal, and he asks the disciples, who do you say that I am? And as it was in most cases, Simon Peter spoke up first. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responded to Peter's answer with a powerful statement. Peter, 
What you just stated was not revealed to you by man, by flesh or blood, but by my Father in heaven. And then Jesus states that he will build his church upon the rock-solid truth of who he is, of who Jesus Christ is revealed by God. Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the foundation of the church. He is the chief cornerstone. And it is Jesus' life, death, and resurrection that establishes God's kingdom here on earth. God's kingdom advances here on earth when those who trust Christ become together the body of Christ, the church that Christ is building. That's why Jesus, after stating that he would build his church upon himself as the foundation, he then states what the purpose of his church is. And did you see it? The purpose of the church is to destroy the power of the gates of death and hell. Jesus said, and the gates of Hades, hell, will not overcome the church. And Jesus also uses the term keys of the kingdom of heaven to refer to his sovereign authority over all things in heaven and on earth. So, the unique community that the church is, the church under Christ's authority will be used by God to secure what needs to be secured and to loose what needs to be loosed. And what he's referring to here is your soul and my soul and the countless souls of millions and millions of others who would be saved by being torn loose from the grip of hell and death and be securely placed and bound into the hands of our Heavenly Father. As we started the process of planting Crossbridge, we understood how important the name of this new church would be. The priority and the main focus was the gospel the good news about who Jesus is and what he's done for us and what he's done for all of humanity and what God's purpose for our lives is. The message of the gospel tells us that God is holy, that he is righteous, that he is pure. And the message of the gospel tells us that we, all of us, are sinful, unrighteous, and unholy. And because God is holy and righteous, and we are sinners, unholy and unrighteous, there is this huge chasm, this huge divide between us and God. Even in our sinful condition, we know something is wrong, that we desperately need God, and we try a million ways to bridge the huge chasm between us and God. We try religion. We try good works. We try morality. We compare ourselves to others, and we create our own opinions and our own standards of what allows someone into heaven. And all of those millions of ways that we come up with and try to connect with God from our standpoint are, stu are summed up in the lie, all roads lead to God. That's a lie. Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except 
through me. There is only one way that the great divide between a holy God and sinful humanity could be bridged. To bridge the chasm between God and humanity, a price had to be paid. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, and the price paid for that bridge was the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. God's purpose is for every person to be saved from sin and death and to be loosed and torn from the grip of hell and Hades, to be brought back to God by means of Jesus' cross, the bridge that God provided from his standpoint. <clears throat> Therefore, the name of the new church was Cross Bridge, and it was given as a way of pointing people to the cross of Jesus Christ, the only way, the only bridge back to God the Father in order to be connected to our own God-given purpose. Among the millions of ways that man may have tried to bridge the gap between man and God, there's only one bridge, only one way, and his name is Jesus. God reaching down to us. Emmanuel, God with us. Have you trusted him today with your life, with your soul? Maybe you know a lot about Jesus, but do you know him? Has God revealed to you and your soul and your spirit who Jesus really is? And have you received him personally based upon what he has done for you on the cross? Jesus Christ is the foundation of the church by being the foundation of one life, one heart, one soul at a time. Receive him as the foundation of your life. And then we talked about the family. And in talking about the family of God, we referred to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. It says, And coming to him as to a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but is choice and precious in the sight of God, you also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Who's building Crossbridge? God is, through Jesus Christ. And Jesus is using not brick and mortar, but living stones. Look around. Each one of you is a living stone in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ with which he is building his church. The same apostle Peter who made the confession in Matthew 16 about Jesus is now writing to believers several years later, and we have the epistle of 1 Peter. And when Peter wrote this letter to the church, he may have been reflecting on Jesus' promise that he would build his church. And Peter states clearly how Jesus builds his church with living stones. That means with those who have a living relationship with Jesus Christ. The scripture passage says, as you come to him, as we, day in and day out, come to Christ and surrender to his lordship, as we take up our cross daily and follow him in an ongoing relationship, he unites us with others of like faith and belief 
and he forms his body, the body of Christ, the church. As we faithfully follow and obey Christ, he builds us up into a spiritual house where God, the Father, is worshipped, proclaimed, obeyed, served, exalted, and praised. We become a spiritual house where God abides. We become a holy family. What a joy it was this morning to watch the three minutes in which you all greeted each other in Christian fellowship and in the love of Christ. When we started using this building as a place to gather as a spiritual house, as the family of God, we like to refer to this room as God's living room. Some of you remember. As God's living room. I still remember how Sunday morning smelled back in those days because we served a full breakfast that was cooked early on Sunday mornings in the kitchen downstairs and that aroma would just permeate the whole building. It reminded me personally of my grandparents' home, a place where I was always welcomed, loved unconditionally, and I was fed very well. The aroma of Sunday mornings back then was to remind people that you are welcome here, that this is a place for you. It was a place meant for anyone and everyone who was seeking God and seeking to follow God. Come as you are. This is God's living room. It was a place meant for all to feel welcomed by God's love and grace and mercy and his sense of powerful presence. We feel it today because that's what a church is, a spiritual house. That's what we're supposed to be. Not only are we being built into a spiritual house, but we are also, and get this, it's mind-blowing, a holy priesthood. Now there's a miracle in itself right there. From unrighteous sinners separated from God who is holy and righteous to now being separated unto God by him in order to serve him and advance his kingdom on earth. That is the miraculous beauty of being the church. That is the miracle that takes place when we are rescued from our sin and brought over to God through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so now as the body of Christ, the church, the family of God, we offer up our lives to him as spiritual sacrifices that he accepts and uses for his honor and for his glory. So you are one in a million. You are in Christ, a living stone with a unique and specific designated place in this spiritual house. You are vitally needed in the church because no one can replace you or your God-given purpose. You are truly one in a million. Now, you've heard me use that expression quite often here, but let me explain. During the adventure of planting Crossbridge, 
Alan Greenfield shared something that God had laid on his heart. He said, I truly believe that there will be over a million people in heaven because of what God does through Crossbridge. You are one of those million. Touched by God through the ministry of Crossbridge. And countless people in Mexico, Honduras, Marshfield, Brazil, Missouri, New Zealand, and so many other places are being impacted by God's mercy and salvation through the ministry of Crossbridge. And you are one of them. One in a million. So who's building Crossbridge? God is through Jesus Christ and you, a living stone. That is how God creates his family. As Crossbridge was being planted and built with living stones like you and me, we adopted and we embraced these core values. As a church, we are here to always exalt God in worship, to always proclaim God's word anywhere and everywhere, to share the good news of his salvation with the entire world, to minister with compassion to those who need God's loving touch, to help people fall in love with Jesus so that they will follow him no matter what, and to do all we can to pass on the baton of faith to the upcoming generations. So as the family of God at Crossbridge, we also focused on deepening our fellowship with one another because no matter how you feel about each other, we're going to spend all of eternity together. So get used to it. And that reminds us of our future. What about the future of Crossbridge? Well, i got to be honest. Today it feels kind of like time traveling for me because the future I refer to in that message back in 2005, 18 years ago, is here today. That's the future that we were dreaming of back then. So there's one thing I know and one thing you can know and be certain of, and that is that God is faithful. In 1 Corinthians 1.9, it says, God, who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. And the verse before that says this about your future. He will keep you strong to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God held us then. He's holding us now, and he will hold us in the future. It's been said, and it's true, that anybody can count the number of seeds in an apple. If we were to slice an apple and count the seeds, any of us in here could do that. But only God knows how many apples are in one seed. But for that seed to reach its God-given potential and purpose, it needs to die and be buried. And when it comes to the future of our life and the future of Crossbridge Church, only God knows what kind of harvest can and will take place. Our role in God's plan is to die to self and to abide in Christ, who is the true vine 
and who bears his fruit in and through us. With God, all things are possible, and the future is secure, and it's guaranteed to be fruitful. So in reference to the future of Crossbridge Church, I would like to proclaim these words that the Apostle Paul wrote to a faithful church leader named Titus, found in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensibly, righteously, and godly in the present age, and here's the future, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. What a great joy it is today to celebrate God and to celebrate what God is doing in your midst as believers and as a church, knowing that God has an amazing, undescribable future for all of us. There's a song that has played over and over in my head and in my heart and in my car and in my home as I looked forward to today. The words of that song speak of the journey of faith and of the blessed and powerful hope that we have in Jesus Christ. You know, who knows what the next 20 years may bring? God does. We may not see each other again here on earth, but we will meet again in heaven. Because our future is with Jesus Christ forever and ever. And that song is entitled, The Hymn of Heaven, by Phil Wickman. And I would like for us to close our eyes and meditate upon the hope that we have in Jesus Christ as this song plays. And this is how we will close our message this morning. How I long. To breathe the air of heaven Where pain is gone And mercy fills the streets To look upon The one who bled to save me And walk with him For all eternity There will be a day
stand beside the heroes of the faith with one voice a thousand generations sing worthy is the lamb who was slain and on that day we join the resurrection and stand beside Heroes of the faith With one voice A thousand generations Sing what is the Lamb who was slain Forever he shall So I want you to stand this morning. Um, we're not going to have an invitation. I want to. I want to close with that. So here's the thing. I, I don't think we even need to do anything else besides an invitation. Besides that, if you if you need Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have questions about that, I want you to come see me. Come come see me, Mike, or any of our elders right after the close of this service. Uh, if you need prayer over a certain situation, come and see us. What a morning! Uh, what a morning, church. Thank you, brother, for coming this morning and. Um, what a message, and uh, I hope you can come this afternoon. Uh, we're going to close in prayer, but I hope you can come this afternoon and celebrate with us uh, this joyous uh, occasion of 20 years of this church. And like, and like he said, and uh, like Curtis said, and we're not here if it's not for our Lord Jesus, and there's no point in being here without Him. So all praise and glory goes to Him. And so I'm going to ask Alan and Carol if they'd come up here this morning. Uh, and uh, their vision is the one that started this church. Come on up here uh, this morning, and I want you to close us in prayer. And if, brother, you have a word or anything you'd like to say, you can do that. We love you guys so very much. We really do. And there was a day we stood in our yard much like this, broken much like this, 
And we said, we're going to have to pray. What if we agreed to? And God and the Lord Jesus Christ has been absolutely faithful. I mean, down to the pencils to write down your prayer request, buses, whatever we needed, and most of all, people. People, every one of you is so very important. We're joined together in a body that is fit for service, and we're ready. Whatever God has for us, we're ready. And people, we did not do it. God done it. He done every bit of it. You know, I'm kind of spastic. I'm a truck driver. When I had to make a decision, I had to make it right then, and I hoped I was right or somebody would get hurt. So <laughs> anyway, here we are. So our holy heavenly Father, Father, we love you so very much. We thank you so very much that you allowed us to be a part of your work. And Father, there's no doubt there's all over this world there is scenes just like this unfolding because of you and your great work. So Father, I pray that you would give us the strength, the courage, and the humility and the love to do your work just like you did when you sent your son. So we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.